Thank you so much for joining. It's always a pleasure and a privilege to come before you. And uh, boy, oh boy, oh boy, are things happening faster than we can keep up with. Yeah, I've said this many times when Annie and I started over on the Common Sense Show uh, way, 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 way back when in 2008, 2009, uh, we hunted stories. Now these stories hunt us. And some people are hunting us as well. We'll maybe get back into that. People have been referencing a lot the interview I had with Mike Adams. It's gone absolutely viral. My thanks to Mike for having me on. And I was free to speak my mind, and I guess I really shook some cages. So uh, anyway, we are uh, here, and uh, Doug and I, this is the Doug and Dave Intel Report, and we have some business to take care of, first of all. If you don't think the Biden administration is not preparing to shut down food supply as much as possible, you're not paying attention. You need your own storable food, because soon the only food you're going to have is the food you have in your house. You better get a lot in your house. I'm going to warn you, too. It's not part of this commercial. But I do believe they're going to pass food and uh, water filtration hoarding laws with regard to water storage and food storage. And I'm telling you right now, you better learn how to hide it because uh, the day is coming. They want you totally dependent on them. They want you eating their damn bugs. And they want to decide who lives and who dies. So we can help you with the food storage problem. We can help you with My Patriot Supply. Restaurant quality food, 25-year shelf life, 2,000 calories per day, breakfast, lunch, dinner, lots of variety. And it's one of the few left standing. Go to foodwithdave.com. That's foodwithdave.com. And I mentioned water filtration. The Alexa Pure Pro water filter is number one in the industry, numero uno. And they have the research at waterwithdave.com to prove it. And they, too, have specials just like uh, My Patriot Supply have not raised prices and uh, you say, that's really good. Yeah, it is good. But the problem with the water filtration is they produce a limited amount because they don't want to drive the cost up by overproduction. So what they are doing is they're limiting their production, and now is the time to move. So for water filtration, when the grid goes down, and for food, when the uh, food supply is no longer shipping, you can't grow it. The government's taking control of all food. Executive Order 13603 foodwithdave.com. One more thing. If we're going to suffer, let's get our butt kicked in comfort, right? Mike Lindell has contacted us and he said, Dave, we can sell all my stuff for 50 to 75% off. That's right. You heard me correctly. And you know, they're the best bedding attire, bedding accessories that there is. Whether it's their great slippers, their pillow casings that are temperature resistant, it's fantastic. Go to MyPillow.com backslash Hodges, coupon code Hodges for these great discounts. MyPillow.com backslash Hodges, coupon code Hodges for the great discounts. Well, the co-host of the Doug and Dave Intel Report, Doug Thornton, is no stranger to any of you. You know, former combat marine military contractor and former DHS, which gives him some very unique perspectives on these events of the day. We're going to be talking about the banks. We're going to be talking about Mexico and how they have just declared themselves to be an enemy of the United States in a de facto message by who they're aligning with. It's really, really getting dicey. And we may cover some things that aren't in our intro. Doug, I don't even know where to start. There's so much on the table right now. We could do a 10-hour show. Yeah, there is. It's uh, Once again, every 12 hours, there's something new. Now we have uh, not just the SVB bank uh, that has failed, which was rated to be one of America's top banks. 
But now you said a uh, pre-discussion of the show that we have two more banks that have failed. What are those? No, oh, I don't have them in front of me. Um, we were actually reading about it in the car on the way to dinner tonight with the family. And uh, both were shut down by state regulatory agencies. One was back east, one I don't recall the location. And it was the same kind of chicanery. By the way, did you know the CEO of SVB Bank? Did you know that he withdrew or, excuse me, sold off $3.5 million of stock uh, three weeks before the collapse? Did you hear that? Yeah. Yeah. Can you say insider trading, maybe? Yeah, he must be friends with Nancy Pelosi, but he doesn't have congressional immunity. He could be in trouble. But I hear he's a Democrat, so he probably doesn't have much to worry about. Well, the thing is that people lost their money, but he didn't lose his. And now I believe Jay Yellen uh, said that they're going to be trying to bail them out some way, somehow. But originally she said that the federal government wasn't going to touch it. Sure. They were just going to let the whole bank default and it is what it is. I wonder what made her uh, decide to go against that. Well, she reversed her policy. Initially she was – well, see, this is the chicken bleeper Biden administration. Uh, Jean-Pierre, worst press secretary in the history of the country, she said, we're not answering any questions about SVB Bank. We're going to refer you to the Treasury Department. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, where does the buck stop? The Treasury Department? But anyway, um, she came out and says, no, we're not going to use taxpayer money to bail them out. Now she's saying all of the customers are going to be bailed out. But what I do know and what I read initially, you remember, the truest accounts you get in the mainstream media is what comes out initially before they have a chance to filter it. And what they said was that 90% of these accounts were not insured. 90% of the shareholders, 90% of the depositors are not covered. So if they're going to cover them, then Janet Yellen's got to do a mea culpa because they're using taxpayer money. I just wonder how much of the offshore accounts that uh, Congress is moving all their, you know, all their money to now, because you know they have offshore accounts that uh, they have access to. We don't have access to. See, what we're talking about is the eventuality of the collapse of the American dollar. All right, let's let's not skirt around the question. The economy is failing. We've had economists say for several years now the economy is going to fail. Well, I'm here to tell you that the economy is failing. Banks are failing, and eventually. Bank of America will fail. We've had recent um, experiences with Bank of America where their customers go to try and pull out money, and there's nothing there. Now, there are more banks that are reporting uh, the same type of suspicious behavior. So where does that money go? Does the money ever come back to you? And at that point in time, does it matter when the riot starts, when the panic starts? Because – you know, I, I had a, a Patreon discussion with everyone that uh, follows my show tonight, and one of the things that we talked about was how quickly can you get to an ATM the moment you are told the banks are failing, go and get your money. And what do you think to expect when you get there? It'll be a mob. You're going to either go to your bank, and like tonight, if the banks all started failing tonight, Dave, at 11.45 p.m. Central Time, you think you could go to your bank and go pull out money? No. You could go to the ATM 
and try and pull out what five hundred dollars, maybe maybe eight hundred dollars, depending on uh, what your ATM withdrawal By limit is. By the time is. you find out, you know, that, it'll be too late. It'll be too late. You're going to stand in a line of hundreds of angry, pissed off people. You know, I mean the and. If we're talking about something that's failing on a nationwide scale, that's all banks. Even if it's not all banks, even, Dave, if it's half banks, a quarter of the banks is going to have a run on the banks. Mass chaos will start. People will panic. And people, when they're by themselves, they're okay, they're smart, they're typically collected. Um, But people as a whole, groups of people, are dumb, wild, angry animals that tear apart anything that they can tear apart at points of time. So, you know, if this got really, really bad, people are all running around trying to get all their money out. You know, it's just another one of those catalysts to what we call the the next revolution in America. I believe it anyways. I think... Um, Look upon multiple previous wars, world wars, wars that America was involved with, other wars from other nations, even more current things uh, like at South Africa right now or Rhodesia. Anybody remember the once country Rhodesia? Whenever your economy fails, your country fails. What could happen to Venezuela when their economy fails? Um, you know, they've never recovered and they may never recover fully. You know, and and the thing is, is here in America, we're already so topsy turvy with the politics, uh, with all the new woke stuff that every liberal idiot is mad about now. Everything that they can think of, they're mad about. What happens when they can't go and pay for their Starbucks? They can't go get their next soy burger. You know, I mean, you you think you think you're in a, a world of hurt now until you can't feed yourself, fill up your car, can't go to work can't pay for your internet because all this other stuff they still want your payments let me ask you something if when the banks start to fail do you think they'll say don't pay your car note your mortgage your student loans your phone bill your internet bill no no i've made that point before i've advised people two years ago when i saw this coming i said pay off your debts as much as possible and then, of course, I got the usual derision. Why would you do something so stupid if the economy is going to fail? Because they're still coming after their debts, and they'll take whatever you have to satisfy it. Yeah, I mean, you, you're you still going to owe stuff. You're still going to have to go to the grocery store. Farmers are going to want to get paid. Farmers have to buy seed. They have to buy produce. They have to buy oil. They have to be be uh, buying diesel, new tractors, and all this other stuff. So if if you want that part of your society to thrive, then there has to be a form of an economy. But how quickly does it turn to barter and trade? You'll probably barter and trade amongst your family and your friends, amongst yourselves and you know those who are close to you or where you live. I still tell people to hang on to you know cash. Because there's always going to be a relative value of cash for a relative time. It may uh, cash may have value for a couple of days, a week or two, maybe, maybe even a month. 
until people really finally started to catch on and like, hey, this is just a worthless piece of paper. And then someone will still have um, value for that, but the value would be so decreased that it won't be worth anything. So, you know, how do you properly prepare for something like that? I have you know, no that's idea. why you have the, the allocations at the I, I say gold and silver, right? Until you only have so much gold and so much silver. And, and everything from there is going to come from these things. You need to have trade, either labor skills, or have something specific that you can use for bartering. All right? Um, farmers are going to be in a world of hurt, but are also going to probably have the best economy at that point in time. Because everybody's got to eat. The problem is if everybody's got to eat, then the criminals got to eat. And if they don't want to pay for it, well, they're going to go and hit the farms. The roving mobs and gangs will hit the farms. That's what's good when people get together and act stupid. They say, oh, there's 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 food in the country and the farms. We'll just go and loot them and burn everything down as we have fun. Don't think the BLM crowd and the Antifa crowd and all these idiot kids won't come out and visit you. And we know their MO. They burn, loot, and murder. You know, and that's that's where the, the tribalism is going to pop up. I sit around and I think about these things at 2 in the morning. It keeps me up at times. How does society function after society? as a whole has stopped functioning how do we put Humpty Dumpty back together again I'm laughing because there's no answer well we can't revert back to the 1800s we can't revert back to the 1700s and it's not that we won't look that barbaric but it's that people won't be able to handle that barbaric time you know, people from the 1700s, 1800s, 1900s, they were raised differently. These were very hardy people who knew manual labor. They were very accustomed to it. They were not afraid of it. They knew skills. They knew trade. Hunting for them was different. Fishing for them was different. Feeding yourself back then was very different. Not only was there not as many people during the colonial times, per capita, but there was more game. There was more availability of game, not only. You could always push westward, uh, but the survival skills were much, much more intrinsically um, positioned within a person's mind because they had to live that life. Nowadays, people don't live that life. You know, I, I lived a, a pretty rough and tumble life. Did a lot, a lot of time in the military and in law enforcement, a lot of bushcraft stuff and skills with my hands, but I did not have to live it from the time I was an infant to the current time as an adult. So people who came from a third world into America would actually thrive better than Americans in a dystopian America. And probably the biggest killer, and in all honesty, the biggest killer is going to be weak-minded individuals who just can't take it. They can't take the stress that they don't have their, their Internet anymore or that they don't have access to their porn anymore or to all their different drugs and alcohol. Those people, and, and, they're, and they're psychedelics, right? And then 
all the SSRIs that are given to them by the doctors, those people, the ones that are the serious addicts, they are going to be quite the problem. And then you're going to have the other people who don't have their video games and their nachos and Mountain Dew, the people who, um, you know, all they did was a nine to five as a secretary and they filed paperwork and you know, occasionally uh, clicked a, a stapler together a few times a day and, you know, now they're in retirement mode. Those people will not know how to live this type of life. And it's going to affect the elderly very, very much. But you know what's really sad, Dave? Is the elderly are tricked into buying survival products that they don't use, they don't practice with for the majority. They don't get out and they exercise and run because once you start to climb that ladder into a certain age, things become harder physically. And that's not a dig on anybody. That's just reality. So those people are going to be very different during this dystopian time. In this dystopian time frame, this you know grand illusion that Dave and I are talking about, it's starting to, uh, to manifest itself into reality. I think what with what just happened recently with Mexico and Mexico applying for membership with the BRICS nation correlates exactly with what we were just warning about with our previous show with Red Dawn was that Mexico's going to be another jumping off state for Russia and China. Mexico will join the fight and the invasion against America. Okay. And that with the economy teetering, everything is going to drastically evolve into a more chaotic atmosphere. Well, look what's happening just since, what, two days ago, Dave? Banks are failing. Mexico is now aligning itself with Russia and China officially. I mean, the Axis and allies, uh, you know, are, are starting to truly show themselves. But one of our closest, our closest neighbor, Mexico, quasi-ally. They're not our allies. They're our quasi-ally. It's no longer aligning themselves with us. They're aligning themselves with Russia and China. So to me, all it does, it it just, it stamps the approval of our discussions more that Red Dawn is starting to become not just a a hypothesis anymore or maybe not just a possibility. It's starting to look like a reality. Well, I think it goes way beyond a reality. I think it's already started. You've got... Fifth column forces implanted in America in the form of Chinese troops. We know about the border apprehensions. We know it's been going on for years. We also know that uh, the cartels are armed by China. We know they're here. It would be naive to believe there's not fifth column forces here. So that's the could be the initial thrust, or certainly the fifth column force of uh, Red Dawn. So. The fact that Mexico has flipped to our two most ardent allies, our enemies, I should say, who are now allies, that's not surprising at all. Mexico's been acting as a proxy for China for quite some time. Not surprising whatsoever, Doug. Nope, not surprising at all. And many of our congressmen have a lot to do with it. You know, we could have de-escalated all this a year ago. We could have taken care of cartel problems years ago i didn't see lindsey graham wanting to put forth an invasion order or a drone strike order into congress when mormon um, encampment 
had those nine people that were slaughtered that were mainly children, I believe a wife, two vehicles worth of, you know, wife and kids, when they were slaughtered by the cartel, where was Lindsey Graham then, huh? You know, where was Donald Trump then? That happened under Trump's time frame. Why didn't we invade and start doing drone strikes like Obama? Why now? Why wait? I say we've waited because it didn't matter, and now's the time that they care because there is a motion in play. There is a a sinister ploy in play, and our own politicians are behind it. And if 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 any of our politicians are listening, because I know a few of you do, to all you good ones, we're not talking about you. We're talking about your constituents across the aisle. We're talking about your buddy across the aisle. All right. 90% of Congress has sold us out and does not care about us, and they show it daily. One of the things I was just playing for you before we went on the show, Republican from Louisiana, John Kennedy, says that they need to start evaluating whether or not uh, 62 is the retirement age, the proper retirement age for Social Security benefits, and if it shouldn't be the 70s, 80s, or 90s. And Americans need to learn to work longer. Well, maybe that's because you don't have Social Security within the next 10 to 15 years left. They squandered it all, guys. You know, you, you've had tens of millions of people come into this country over the past decade or two. I know whenever I left DHS, the estimate of the amount of illegals that have entered the country was, and I want to say roughly between 30 and 50 million people. Yeah. And then that comes out to be true, right? And you and I were talking about this before that revelation. Well, that's where all your Social Security benefits went. Oh, and by the way, the Ukrainians get it. Ukrainians can come over here and get SSI. But your Republican leaders who claim to be on the side of we the people are now saying we may need to evaluate, reevaluate Medicare and Social Security benefits for people. But – you worked for two years in Congress, and you get $180,000 retirement every year. AOC, if she if she didn't go back to work tomorrow, will reach $180,000 every year for nothing. Free medical, absolutely full coverage, free medical, insider trading. She'll immediately be put on some sort of a board somewhere, and she'll be able and currently, we have around 30 Republican and Democrats who are lobbyists for China. So we know that China pays the most. So, you know, what are we talking about here? We've been sold out from the inside. America's the ones who are going to get the shaft. You know, and, and you're seeing it fulfilled all around you. Uh, what do you think, Dave? No question. This is exactly where we're headed. Listen, these people in Washington right now, they know the game's over. They're profiting on our demise that they're contributing to. They get bought off to do what they're going to do. I mean, look at the Breger report. We've talked about this before. Uh, John Thaler's report, uh, his nonpartisan law firm, and uh, Breger, who gave the testimony before the Arizona Select Committee at the legislature. The media is working overtime to go after them, but they have documentation up the yin-yang. I've read their report. They're saying the cartel money laundering operations have reached the majority of Arizona politicians, three of the five county board of supervisors, 
probably about 60% of the legislature. And uh, they recruit lawyers um, to become judges so they control them from the outset. This is why no case against voter fraud, even when it's apparent, ever has a chance to succeed. And once the cartels have you, they have you and your family because they tell you, we'll kill your family. We just won't kill you. We'll kill your family. In fact, let me digress for a second. Three more cases of Maricopa County sheriff's deputies indicted, or let's put it this way, arrested and arraigned on huge drug trafficking involving the cartel. And two additional ones in the Phoenix Police Department on top of the ones we've already uh, have reported on. And every one of these uh, men are uh, Hispanic. Now, why is that important? I'm not degrading Hispanics. Because many of the law enforcement that are Hispanic have first, second, third generation connections to Mexico. And the cartel can reach them easily and tell them, you do this or we will kill your families. That's how bad it's getting. Doug, did I lose you? Sorry, my microphone was on mute. Anyways, that's absolutely true, and it happens, and people capitulate under the terror. And I don't, I don't disagree that we shouldn't have a military action against the cartel. At the border, they're at good the people in Mexico. At the border, at the at the border. Here's why I Look, say this: I'm not saying don't we, cross over the border. I'm not saying we. This is why I say this: don't cross over the border like idiot uh, moronic rhino Lindsey Graham says to do. Let them come to us, interdict them with extreme prejudice at the border, take care of business, and no U.N. justification is arrived at that we've got to come in and save Mexico from the United States invasion. Plus, if Mexico's aligning with the BRICS, how long will it be till they have military alliance? Then you're inviting an attack from our adversaries. So, no, you interdict at the border. So I'm not to disagree. But let's let's have a let's have this conversation. I'll, now you know I've been on the border for a long time. The cartels stay in Mexico. the The major cartels stay in Mexico. When they do come to visit the United States, you won't know it. You, you many of you, if you've been to San Antonio, you have most likely been around cartel family members or even the bosses themselves or the underbosses and their families. Uh, San Antonio, Texas is, de is declared the diamond to all the cartels back in the 80s. So, you know, there's a, there's no killing, there's no vendettas or revenges that happen in San Antonio. But in Mexico, it's all hands. Everything is, is a go in Mexico. And because of that, they're not going to bring the viciousness to the border you're going to have to make entry into Mexico. You're going to have to go to their villas. You're going to have to go uh, to their mansions. You're going to have to go to where they have all their arms, where they have all their men, and you're going to have to destroy them. They are a military threat. If we were willing to do the same to ISIS and the Taliban and Al-Qaeda, and they were three to 4,000 miles away, and they couldn't project a military might, ISIS was not the cartel until the CIA made them. Okay. Al-Qaeda wasn't. Al-Qaeda was a street gang. 
Al Qaeda was a group of people who were fighting for an ideology, horribly trained, horribly funded, and that's why they posed not too much of a threat militarily. Now, we had a lot of attrition because we fought against an ideology, not a military enemy. But in Mexico, the cartel, even though it is an ideology to an extent, the average Mexican citizen doesn't want to live under the terror threat of narco-terrorists knocking each other off, coming into their towns, um, you know, stealing, raping, killing, torturing, um, you know, having their own wars, and you being a, a nothing more than just another casualty of their war, and living under that that type of terror, they don't want that. And I don't think there's a Mexican citizen out there who says, I love living underneath the protection of the cartels. Because you know that your children will get involved into it. And the whole thing has turned into one big satanic death cult. The human trafficking, the sex slave, the uh, uh, a ring that's passed back and forth between Mexico and America, the amount of cartels and weaponry that go back and forth, the terrorists that are smuggled back and forth. This, if we're going to talk about national security events, uh, if we're going to talk about national security level events, uh, if we're going to talk about actual strategic threats, it's not the January 6th tapes. It is the border. And if you do not take care of the, the true threat that's on your border, and allow this small army to continue to gain in size and scope, and not only that, but to gain in money, because money is how you wage war. It's not with weapons, it's with money. Then the more we allow them to garner that uh, that position on the border, we're going to have to dig them out. And every boss that you kill, you're going to have to kill the next one. So eventually, if you want to really solve the cartel problem, you are going to have to mobilize the military like we did in Fallujah, and you're going to have to do a walk in phase lines until you get 100 miles or more deep, and we have killed everyone and anything that tried to kill us. Militarily speaking, that is how that is fought. Is it right? Is it wrong? Once the war starts, there is no right or wrong. But that is that is my position of how you'd have to take care of the cartel. Look okay. at how let, let me, Obama let me respond did to what you said. Let me respond to what you said. Okay, till we go too far afield. I agree with you, okay. and I disagree with you. I agree with you that I would accept surgical strikes upon strongholds. That is not an overt military invasion. Where I would engage the military, in military land forces and supporting air surveillance would be at the border. Because the minute you start crossing the border in force, the Kigali principles could be invoked. Russia and China might get involved in a uh, perceived treaty arrangement. And I think you get a problem. But I do agree with you. You need to take out their command and supply. And the command and supply would require uh, surgical strikes. That doesn't mean not to use um, ground assets such as Navy SEALs or whoever you'd want to use, make it complete. You'd destroy the facility and everybody in it. I have no problem with that. That's not an overt invasion of a, of a foreign power. What it is, it's a defensive action of a, mili- of, a, of a nation that's allowing an invasion of your country. 
But I think the minute you parade troops into Mexico in force, let's say we go 25 miles inland on the first day, spearheaded by the tanks and the F-35s, you're going to have a major problem with aspects of the world wanting to intervene. Well, that's what America does. The whole world stepped in and helped us with Iraq and Afghanistan and Syria and Africa and South America. The whole world wants to collapse down on Ukraine, even though everyone's scared of uh, Russia, who's an actual threat. But if we surmise that the eventuality of Red Dawn is that these enemies, China and Russia, are going to springboard themselves into America via Mexico and the cartels will be a part of the assassinations, then you need to make a preemptive move. Or you need to dig the bunker a little deeper. Well, that's with bunker buster bombs and our technology, that wouldn't even be an evasive strategy that would work. I'm not saying we don't use ground troops on site. What I'm saying is you don't pray. Doug, I want you to address this, though. Are you calling for the invasion of land forces um, into Mexico to any depth? I would have to view this the same way we did Iraq. And and don't forget, we were we were wrong for going into Iraq. There were no weapons of mass destruction. So and we and we were more or less tricked into going into Iraq. And if anything, Iraq ended up becoming a horrific slaughter of millions of people and it became good training for the United States military at the Pentagon level. They learned quite a bit of things about warfare. And what's going to happen with Mexico is a guerrilla-style warfare. See, I learned whenever I was in Iraq that they're not going to come out to a line. Uh, They're not going to come out to an open field and fight me, colonial-style. So I have to go to their neighborhood, and they're going to hide in their neighborhood, and they're going to have caches. We found hundreds of caches everywhere. Bombs, guns, pieces of stuff that they could piecemeal together. And then that's when all the IEDs, improvised explosive devices and suicide bombers, that's when all that stuff started to appear. Because of desperation, they were losing it. But the the Mexican cartels are armed with MVGs, night vision. They have 50 calibers. They have technicals. They have tanks. They have... Uh, 50 cal sniper rifles. They have automatic rifles. They have machine guns, light, medium, and heavy. They have mortar rounds. They have RPGs. They have man pads. That's surface-to-air missiles that can travel, I think it's, what, 10,000 feet into the sky and track a plane or helicopter and knock it down. They have that. ISIS didn't have that. Okay, so... Taliban didn't have that. I'm still... They, They were a true military threat. You have... To go in there with superior numbers and superior force, or you are going to get a lot of people killed. And you can either go in with strategic strikes, which almost never work effectively. They almost never work effectively. They work here and there systematically. And a strategic strike, when the special forces move in, like for uh, the time that they attempted to um, capture different guys – It takes an entire battalion to lift and to stand 
and to mobilize to support a team of like 12 to 15 dudes. You're, you're going to have the Army Rangers that are going to be holding uh, outer cordon. They're going to be securing sites. You're going to have SOAR, which is going to be sending the helicopters in, lifting all these guys in and out. You're going to have MPs or, or the infantry who are going to be holding the uh, outer cordon. The Rangers hold the inner cordon, excuse me. Um, you're going to have an entire battalion or regiment on standby in case anything bad happens. And that's for like a couple dudes that they're trying to capture or assassinate. Okay, okay. Well, and we're talking about I, going after cities. Let's address this point by point, though, okay? Because uh, okay. if you throw 10 points up on the wall, I'm not going to remember all of them to respond to. All right, let's look at the Chinese. Let's look at the Chinese history here. Okay, Korea. We're ready to capture the North Korean capital, in, uh, under Douglas MacArthur, and that's when the Communist Chinese intervened with a million-man army. We know they have a significant force in Mexico. We know the cartels are trained by the Chinese and equipped by them. So, with that being the case, if we send a land force and for a land invasion, we can expect a Chinese response. I'm not saying that has to be necessarily the end game deterrent, but I'm saying it's silly not to think that that's not going to happen. Okay, so to, so to an extent, to an extent, I disagree because if we were attacking the military or the police. Then I'd give you yes, but we're attacking a terrorist organization. Because they're that's not going to see it that way. They're not going to see it that way. They're going to see it as an invasion of an ally, an ally that has become a puppet state of China. Abrador is a puppet governor. So I, I this is this is where I think we disagree. I'm saying this. I favor a military intervention on site. And I wanted to ask you this, too, but we kind of skipped over it too quick. I do agree with you. Surgical strikes have had limited effectiveness. but And I'm wondering, if is that because of the lack of ground involvement? No, it's just, it, you know, the problem is with, with our tactics is that we play whack-a-mole. Um, because, you know, with, with every terrorist cell, you're going to have the head of the cell, and then you're going to have all the underbosses, right? So somebody is going to claim leadership out of all the other leaders that are there, and then they're going to be the problem, and then you're going to have to kill them. And then another one will stand up, and then someone will take that guy's place. And thus the evolution of an ideology doesn't work until you destroy it. Do you think we couldn't? if we had a land incursion like what you're saying and how you're responding to my last question, do you think this would trigger a Red Dawn invasion in reverse towards America? Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think the possibility is there. I'm not saying that this is good or bad. I'm saying tactically you would have to commit. If you're going to commit, you're either going to do it by limited airstrikes with drones, and we'll see how that how that works. Or you're going to have to move troops in who are going to be sweeping for caches, so that's drugs, money and weapons and then from there you're going to be hitting houses that's holding the soldados holding the soldiers and then from there you go to the bosses and then from there you go to where they're making the drugs this is how you collapse a narco terror state and you root the way out but 
it took us, what, 20 years in Afghanistan and Iraq? I mean, are we willing to spend 20 years in Mexico? And any Iraq and Afghanistan veteran listening to me right now, you've had these conversations. We've talked about Mexico, and we've all said the same thing. If we actually went to fight the cartel, that will be a fight that the United States military, Marine Corps, Army, Navy SEALs, Special Forces, whoever, you're all going to have a problem with them because they are actively in war every day. And they're evolving. They're trained by our own special forces, by other countries' special forces. These guys have legitimate... Even if China doesn't respond, you're going to get a Vietnamese or Viet Cong kind of response from this group. Uh, They will develop into elaborate guerrilla forces to defend their country. But I don't think they'll be defending alone. But even if they were to... uh, Listen, I'm not saying... what, What I'm pointing out now are more obstacles than philosophical differences. We agree on one point. The command and control of the cartel needs to be taken out. But if you're going to do that, you really have to literally invade the whole country because command and control for the cartel lies in two places, Beijing and Mexico City. Yeah. And not only that, think about optics, right? Look at how much they beat up Obama and Trump and Bush for any time we did some sort of a limited penetration, a limited strike, and, yeah, we might have killed one bad guy and we killed 20 civilians. All right? Just think about it, the first time there's this um, convoy of cartel you know, vehicles, and we know that it's cartel because we know that it's cartel, and they got drugs on there as well. And you blow up one of the vehicles, and it's filled with kids. That they were trafficking. Now you've got the black eye on the world stage. So, though those strikes will be used and will be effective to an extent, you have to put boots on the ground for PID, for positive identification. We're not there to fight in Mexico. We're there to kill the terrorists because you won't do it and you're now a threat to our safety. We have to do it. Because you're so compromised, Mexico, America now has to come and police you. But if we've always had this problem, Dave, answer me this. If Mexico has always been this dangerous since like the 70s, 80s, and then it's only increased in in the veracity of the evilness, why have we never done anything about it? Because we're bought off. And why we're bought off now? And we have been for a long time. You know, i got to tell you, though, this is still kind of an exercise of urinating into a stiff wind. Because as long as this present regime is in control, notice I'm not calling them Biden. As long as they're in control, they are owned by China. There'll never be a resistance. Yeah, and, you know... And you got to understand, this is something where it'll be coin ops. It'll be counterinsurgency operations all over again. We'll be trying to win hearts and minds while we blow up the schools and the irrigation canals. So, you know, you always end up making enemies while you're trying to kill your enemies. Vietnam was a perfect show of that. Um, and, and you're going to have cartel who are going to turn, and they're going to be giving up their brother cartel. And then they'll say, you know, we're the biggest gang around and we're on your side. So make us the security force. We'll make the deals with you. 
That's what we did in Iraq. We turned those people from the Iraqi civilian watch into the Iraqi police. I know, I was a part of it. And every one of us knew there are terrorists everywhere, all throughout this, because you'd get those looks. You'd have those conversations in between, um, you know, checkpoints and whatnot. And you knew those guys were bad guys, even though you put them in the uniform to serve you. But as long as we paid them, they did what we asked sometimes. You know, and, and the drug culture alone will be something that will be horrific to try and get rid of. But what about this? You're going to have all the people who are also cartel in America. That's going to cause a problem. See, I'm trying to take the position of Lindsey Graham. If Lindsey Graham issues this order, and I'm now the head of the Pentagon who's been in charge of this operation, I have to start the wheels turning and thinking, well, how the hell am I going to do this? Because you're going to have American citizens that are dual citizens that are going to be on the border. You know, their kids go to American schools, but they live in Mexico, like in El Paso, all throughout the, the border of the Rio Grande Valley in Texas. So we're going to be affecting and displacing a lot of people. How are we going to take care of the people we displace after we carpet bomb an area? When these politicians like Lindsey Graham say we need to, someone needs to assassinate Vladimir Putin or we just need to invade Mexico, somebody at some sort of executive level needs to put a bit in that dog's mouth so that he'll stop barking because he's barking up the wrong tree. These guys don't know what they're asking for. Lindsey Graham's not going to be on the front line pushing into Mexico to fight the cartels. Lindsey Graham's not going to go to, to to Russia and belly crawl 100 yards to get the perfect shot on Vladimir Putin. You know, I mean, these these guys want the young men and, and women to go out there and to fight and die. And eventually the draft comes for your kids. And then they'll still say, oh, go out and fight and die. And we'll give you a little, you know, $2 medal on your chest. Sorry for your legs that aren't there anymore. See, us veterans who already went and did this, we saw it. We're not getting we're, – we're, hopefully, most of us aren't going to get um, chastised for not wanting to go back into war again. But I just hope that more veterans step up, especially those that are members of Congress, and let it be known this is not the way. We need to de-escalate. We need to try and, and find another way – of solving this problem. The cartel will have to be solved violently because they only accept violence. AMLO couldn't buy them off. AMLO is a lame duck communist president. He's, he's worthless to all of us. But the next guy that they put in charge, if I'm not correct, Dave, will he not be very pro-cartel and very pro-China? Is that the rumor on the street? Um, <laughs> what would change? That, that's why I'm laughing. It's business as usual. I'm going to say it again. From the Thaler report, which was so well documented, three of five Maricopa County supervisors that rigged the election by causing a shutdown of machines at opening time in heavy Republican areas. They've been implicated in cartel money laundering of 60% of the legislature. Most of the judges, the governor, the secretary of state, who went, goes as far back with cartels 
as defending the assassins of Brian Terry, a Border Patrol agent killed under Fast and Furious and eventually brought down Eric Holder, the Attorney General for Barack Obama. I could go on and on, Doug, but you, you know I've got some command of the facts in this area. The cartel and China have already won. It literally would take a bloodbath to get this country back. And I'm not advocating for it. And and I know that some of the military would join the people. I know that a lot would not. The Joint Chiefs are totally bought off by China. Milley is the mo- most egregious example. I think the least example in the Joint Chiefs is the Secretary of the Navy. Uh, but he goes back and forth. So, Doug, we're screwed. They own every institution. Hollywood. They control the military. They control media. They control the economy. They control damn near everything. Mm-hmm. Even though 75% of the country is still loyal to America, these people own nothing of substance. Mm-hmm. We're screwed. I And what I'm saying is it's going to take one of two things to happen. The 75% of this country that are still loyal to America need to walk away from their hedonistic and immoral ways. Stop being reprobates. Now, not all of you are, but a lot of you are. Get on bended knee and ask for forgiveness from Jesus Christ and pray that it will work a miracle. And maybe he will, maybe he won't, because we have the blood of 60 million babies on our hands. So we have a problem there. Maybe we can win God's favor back again and he'll lift the judgment on this country. The other thing is house to house, man to man. It'll make Bosnia look like a picnic. You'll want for World War Two. Yeah. You 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 would you would want to be able to be deployed to a country a thousand miles away and fight there instead of at your home where your kids have to see it. Because after the war, there's still a war. It may not be with a foreign enemy. It'll be amongst yourselves. Nobody wins, man. You know, and I and I invite Lindsey Graham to come on this yeah, show he go on Fox. and debate he us. Won't even go on Fox. Oh, I, he's I, such. I know, but he'll go on CNN. He was. He'll go on CNN though. Yeah, but come on, look at look at this. You got Merrick Garland is what five foot hack, eyes are black, and weighs 110 pounds. You've got uh, the head of the Navy. I, I don't even have a descriptor for the for that person, the transgender in the White House. I don't have a description. It's so bizarre. And then you've got all these other wimps in the White House. Wimps, whores, and perverts. That's who occupies our government now. And there are not that many exceptions. Look at these people. Look at these people. How many real men are in Congress? Look at Chuck Schumer. What a joke of a man he is. Probably hid under his desk his entire high school career. Nothing but wimps. Nothing but wimps. And this is what our country is becoming. Nothing but wimps. Well, that's why you have all these strong women in Congress that are standing up, calling out the evil. And it's, it's, it's biblical prophecy. The men have become women in the midst of thee. Mm-hmm. You know, they're castrated. They're neutered. Uh, they they put on dresses instead of putting on the armor of God. 
What do you expect? So, you know, what's sad is that women are looking for strong men to give them encouragement, to give them a word from God, to give them a uh, a leader that they can follow, person that they can aspire to be more like, uh, and we should always be Christ-like, right? Um, and, and I'll say this, but that ain't Donald Trump. I don't know if it's Ron DeSantis, but that ain't no Donald Trump. And I'm... At times, I, I I get tired of people saying Trump's the right guy for this time. No, he's not, man. We need a righteous, godly man who's not going to sow dissent amongst the people. And, you know, I mean, it, I don't know. I, I would rather be right on God's side than right on the will of the people who don't know a damn thing. I, I don't think we can pray our way out of this situation. I think... The, the innocent blood in the ground's times come, and, and God's going to call for that vengeance that he's going to have against everyone that has slain the innocent who've gone against his word, man. I mean, you know, that's prophecy being fulfilled almost. It's scary. It's, it's wonderful to think about that, that our God is alive and moving amongst us. But Dave, and you and I talk about this too much. For all the disillusioned people out there, you better get ready for what's coming because what's uh, they've been saying is going to coming is here. It's here now. So you better train, you better prepare, and you better pray that you're right with God. You ain't playing games. That you ain't investing time with your with your uh, your PlayStation and Xbox and Game Boy. That you're getting your feet on the street and getting in shape, and that you're getting your head right because man. Men's heart will fail for fear of what's coming. To finish my thought about the uh, wimpy men, I just would say this. No wonder the birth rate is down tremendously. And, but I agree. As is, is wimpy as most men have become, uh, what's really even more sad is we've become spiritual wimps, emotional wimps. We, we have no resilience as, as a civilization. You look at people that melt down over nothing. I mean, there's no yep. sense of inner strength in this country that we used to have. That's a good thing. You look at uh, coming out of World War II, men were men. Today, I don't know, how many non-binaries are they? Doug, tell people how they can follow your show. we got about 20 seconds. <laughs> you killed me. I'm uh, sorry, Doug. I, I, sorry, I had to man. leave it on a mo- moment of half levity. <laughs> Hey, the American Vindictor Show is uh, at gsradio.net, YouTube, Rumble, and AmericanVindictorShow.com. And please make sure that you sign up for the Rumble channel for the Doug and Dave Intel Report. That's all one word, Doug and Dave Intel Report. And that you're signing up for the monthly subscription so that you can be seeing some of the really awesome guests that the uh, Intel Report will have on and that the Common Sense Show will have on on the .TV side. Amen, brother. That's exactly right. We get the best shows out there. and Very few people are doing what I'm doing over on the, the Common Sense Show .TV where you're a big part of that. We have a panel of experts coming in, Lamini X Alphabet Soup. Some people can't tell you what they did. Some were involved in regime change, and they're all trying to help people adjust, figure out what's coming so they can save their hide and the hides of their family. Well, that's it. On behalf of the Common Sense Show and my partner, Doug Thornton, I'm Dave Hodges, and we are out. We'll see you back here next time. God bless. Thanks, Doug.